0: series where we get to know a little bit more about the foods people enjoy from recipe favorites to biscuit chat
1: so and welcome to the podcast would you like to introduce yourself
2: well thank you very much for having me it's an absolute pleasure and um yeah it's just lovely to sit down and have a chat um about food and everyday life and instagram um I started my Instagram along with many, many others, thousands and if not millions of other people in lockdown. Uh, oh, we're sick of that work now, aren't we? <laughs> but um, we all found ourselves with a lot more time, but also um, a bit more lonely. So it was a real opportunity to engage with like-minded people. And very quickly, within a matter of weeks, it was um, became this huge community that I suddenly was just diving into. And, um, you know, as a side product, I was putting recipes up and sort of making up recipes and doing a lot of, um, home food, home food, comfort food. A lot of people say I'm comfort food, which isn't my intention, but (laughs) sometimes, um, that's just the way it goes because, um, even though I am a qualified, um, professional, um, 30 odd years ago now, 40 years ago, probably 1981, I left. So, um, yeah, three years I did my diploma at college in professional cookery which was very old school uh, but that led me into a career in, in catering so I've got a big food background and then I went into the wine trade which was my last sort of career move into the wine trade so I've got a real food and wine background um, I've tried to double a bit with wine in the Instagram world um, but um, you're either one or the other, there's a, I don't think there's too many, so wine and food, and as much as I love wine, it can come across a bit, um, a bit snobby and a bit pompous, so um, I, I pretty much stick to the food with the odd glass of champagne uh, for a celebration. Um, and that's what I do really, I do posts of stories uh, from my home and the dog and the kids, uh, doing funny things, which you know some people are interested in, some aren't, um, and I try and stick to food on the grid and um, the odd recipe, sometimes it's healthy, sometimes it's not so, and uh, it's a bit of everything. So uh, yeah, I'm a granny of of five grandchildren with one on the way, Uh, three grown up children, all married, and uh, I live on the south coast, sunny south coast of England. Yeah, that's about me.
1: Well, that was a lovely introduction to you. I don't think I could have done it better myself at all. Um, And for everyone who's listening that might not know, Anne, she is amazing. And I um, absolutely love her content because it's like, um, this is probably cringy for you to hear this, but I just really think it's like a hug in a... Because um, it's so warming, and when people say comfort food, I think it's because it feels comforting because it's really homely and it's like family orientated. So, yeah. yeah, I really love it because it's very much things that I would personally seek out to view
2: anyway. So, I'm very that's, grateful. That's not cringe. that's not cringe at all. That's a lovely compliment, <laughs> and um, I think perhaps that's. That's the direction that I need to absolutely, you know, stick with, you know, yes. with my apron on and um, offering this, this comfort and love and yeah, on a plate. Yes, definitely. Very nice. Thank you.
1: I think it's because in my family, as much as it is in yours, by the looks and sounds of things, food is very much a loving thing. It's very much this is how we show our love and I've made you this because I love it and I'd like you to love it too. And so just seeing it reflected on a social media platform, I feel like so many people resonate with it.
2: Oh, that's lovely. Thank you.
1: Okay, so what about some food questions? Yes, let's let's have a look. What have you got for us? Okay, so what did you have for
2: supper last night? Well, I mentioned on my Instagram the other week. Uh, I have become a bit of a lazy cook, um, and we have a lot of the same sort of things. It's not necessarily spaghetti bolognese or chili con carne, you know. It, but uh, yeah, I do go for a, an easy hit sometimes. I absolutely love, lo- love those packets of rice that you can buy. Which is so the, do I? Lazy. It's so lazy, but there's always like six or seven, or maybe even more in the cupboard. <laughs> and um i love rice anyway so last night was a curry so Ooh. um i cooked some chicken just poached it off um because our dog's quite a fussy eater so i often batch cook big you know four or chicken breasts and a few thighs just simmer them off um and then they go cold and they're so moist and lovely and they just went into a simple madras curry sauce oh nice um, i say it's a ready-made it was ready-made. <laughs> But it was from a company called Hidden Street Food, which I think, sadly, may have um, stopped trading because um, everything's out of stock on the website and they're not responding on Instagram. But they're a very small company, but really lovely. All sauces are homemade, and um, we had one of those. And it was a madras curry, but it was quite hot, quite pokey. Oh, nice. Um, um, Sort of a dark, rich sauce with um, some coconut rice from said packet. um and a pile of salad and a little dollop of mango cherry. So that was it no pudding oh what no <laughs> and i'm always looking for pudding these days but we have no pudding so i was pleased with myself
1: <laughs> <laughs> i totally agree with the packet rice sometimes it's just so easy
2: Uh, And I don't think they're, it's probably, I don't know if it's considered as a high processed food, probably is, but the ingredients are simple. And um, I just think, well, it's cooked twice. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't say it saves 15 minutes, doesn't it? Uh, Two minutes in a microwave. Absolutely. uh, Nice, But probably once a week we have a packet and uh, that was it. (laughs) Guilty pleasure. Absolutely. Um,
1: I also really enjoy a curry so when you posted that i was like that looks oh. fantastic yeah.
2: i very nice
1: i had a chicken korma last night
2: so um, it's really be on the korma list although um, i can enjoy a korma as much as a hot one they're not
1: they're not my favorite but i was actually surprised um so listeners whilst i'm recording this i actually have covid as i um already explained to and for the recording um and so i did not feel very much up to cooking yesterday so i did have a ready meal and it was
2: not that bad so yeah i'm in a a place for being um helping yourself along after you've had a busy day yes um, definitely not very well of course
1: Okay, so what was your favourite kind of food while you were growing
2: up? Well, my mother was an amazing cook. Um, But she didn't cook all the time because I think... But, um, depression and anxiety weren't a thing in the nineteen seventies. Let's say nineteen seventies,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: um, I don't think she was very well looking back. And um, we've been without her now for many, many years—twenty-one years this year. But um, growing up, when she did cook, it was the tastiest, most amazing. Everything was cooked to perfection, and she got the flavour. And the roast dinners were just you know to die for and um she made homemade chips so she was making triple cooked chips before they were even a thing no not even heard of them had they until legend who was it um i don't know probably um heston i think did the first triple cook i don't know i should have had a look at i them. don't know chips were off the scale Proper chip pan obviously real potatoes don't even think we had frozen chips in those days don't think they, they were thin then and um so, yeah, if the cold meat after the roast on a Sunday, which we would wait probably until four or five o'clock, absolutely starving. Yeah. Uh, it took, everything took yeah. quite a long time. And um, smallish kitchen, three-bedroom house, semi-detached, with six of us. Um, well, once my sister came along. but So three of us for, t- for the first ten years of childhood. And then we had a, a, a late addition. Um yeah, so our chips with the cold, it was always the cold meat of the roast before. I think we had a roast most Sundays, um, which were worth waiting for, even though we could have eaten the, the leg of the table by the time, by the time <laughs> we got it. The chips with the cold meat, with beans sometimes, I think, we might have had um, cold meat, chips and beans on a Monday. It's has been my favourite meal. Favorite meal, I think, <laughs> because they were just so good. That
1: is so interesting. I mean, I don't know that many people who made their own chips. I mean, lots of people do, um, in the mm. foodie community. But as you say, now it's so ready, readily available. Yeah. That, yeah. But that's so impressive and such a lovely memory to have.
2: Well, there was always plenty of them, but um, yeah, chip pans are a thing of the past. It was on the stove, and there it was. Yeah, delicious. <laughs>
1: Okay, so what is your current favorite kind of food?
2: Oh, now this is a really tough question. Um, I do love all spicy food, a lot of mm-hmm. Asian food, um, I think I'm particularly into Mexican food at the moment. Um, it's the, the freshness of it, and there's so many, so many elements to it, mm-hmm. really different layers. As with all cuisines, actually, the the, the, the original. Um, you know the real pucker stuff is beautifully prepared. Everything's so fresh, and Thomasina Myers, who um, I'm a great fan and massive okay. fan, of, um, is just well the, the from the area of Oaxaca, which is a mm-hmm. restaurant it's spelling. It's something like O-I-X-A something something. i couldn't even spell it actually. But Oaxaca, yeah. yeah, obviously, so had this restaurant chain called or has this restaurant chain called Oaxaca, spelt phonetically how we would say it yeah cca is it (laughs) can't even spell that but oh from her book uh mexican food um you start with all the sauces and um again it's just all layered up and she's got this sauce called my what's it called something like my um addictive chipotle sweet and sour sweet sweet chip sweet chili sauce or something okay absolutely die for um and i put the pink onions and the proper guacamole that you smash up in the the big you know your big pestle and water and i just love love mexican food um when it's cooked from scratch so i think that's probably my top of the list at the moment
1: uh, as you were saying that, I was really hoping you would bring up Thomasina Myers. I think she's fabulous and I do love Oaxaca. I've been mm. several times and the food is always delicious.
2: Always. Yeah.
1: Um, but have you seen she's brought out a meat-free um Mexican cookbook?
2: I haven't actually, so I, I wouldn't mind grabbing at it because I'd be very into um into that as well, because equally delicious. In fact, some of the meats, like the barbacoa, the really slow cooked meats, are really rich. Um, I did a mutton version of it um, recently for a friend's birthday, and they're really, really rich. So um, it's not you don't need it. And I was actually looking for all the you know the crunchy veg and the slaws and the okay. onions and the, and the the cauliflower and the, yeah all that sort of thing. So uh,
1: I'll look out for that yes I'll have to send you the link to it I haven't bought it yet Mm. um but listeners will know I do eat meat I'm a meat eater but I Mm. eat predominantly veggie food Mm. um so when that came out I was really intrigued so obviously in my head I think chicken tacos or um beef tacos or all of that I think meat Mm. so I'm really intrigued and she was on um table manners a few weeks ago um and she was talking about her new book and i think it's going to be fabulous and most people who are veggie or would like to try more veggie recipes i think they'd enjoy it too
2: yeah lovely yeah i think the crispy cauliflower is good in a taco a hacker do a plantain Um, I think it's got some sort of feta sort of topping on it. Oh my God, it's to die for. Yeah, absolutely delicious. Yeah. They're quite hard to get where we are. Yes,
1: I think thinking back to a hacker, I'm also just thinking I have never recreated it well enough, but I had, um, I think it might have been sweet potato, black bean, and feta in some form of taco or burrito and it was so
2: moorish it was really filling but i could have had two yeah yes yeah, so very, very, very delicious and her black bean recipe every fried beans is just a dietary. yes again it takes about two days to make but, um, <laughs> oh my god it's good
1: <laughs> <sighs> okay so what is your current favorite restaurant or place to eat at
2: we don't eat out an awful lot. Um, where we are, it's really lovely. On the coast, we're by the sea. Um, we're not blessed with amazing restaurants at all. We mm. um, do keep saying that we must go to London more often and do lots more tasting tasting menus. Um, so that is on our list. And um, But we've got a lovely little place just down on the beach. It's called On the Water. And they do. A, we go for breakfast more, more often than not. We've been a couple of times in the evenings. Um, but for breakfast, really nice, uh, small menu, um, but it's faultless. It's, oh, really? Wherever you go for breakfast, there's always with with me. I don't complain because I've been in the industry a long time, so I very rarely complain.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but we all have a little mutter to ourselves, oh, it's, you know, they've toasted, they've buttered the bread and it's, it's margarine or, you know, spread, or whatever it yeah. might be. Or um, minor things. Or the marmalade comes in these little plastic... Just peel back you know packets or something like that or it's not HP minor minor things but we will sort of say to ourselves oh if only they, they did this this or this well on the water it's called and they spent a lot of money um, investing in the, the property itself mm-hmm. and it's just a lovely lovely place to be so you're right literally right on the beach you've got this amazing view you can go inside if you like where there's comfy comfy seats and you know a nice coffee and uh, the breakfast is just perfectly cooked, and it's not too big, and um, we really like it there. So uh, that's probably our, our our regular, where we go every week, or every couple of weeks. Most weeks we're probably in there even, it's just for a coffee, so um, it's really, really nice. That sounds idyllic,
1: to be right it's, by the sea. It
2: is. Mm.
1: Oh. Yeah, no, I'm always jealous of people who live near the sea because we live in the middle of the country. So,
2: do mm. you?
1: Yeah. So, whenever wow. we have holidays, it's always
2: head yes, to the, the coast. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, we used to have loads of holidays in Devon, and in the last few years, we've had a few holidays in Cornwall. So, we just love the sea.
2: Oh, beautiful. I still like to go down there.
1: Okay. So, what kind of food did you used to dislike and now you do like?
2: Um, there aren't many because um Ooh. i like most things um and as a kid of course we you didn't have a choice i hated yeah. liver i didn't like I, don't, I still don't like any liver or awful but Fair i don't know it's a nice pate but i wouldn't choose it necessarily but mm-hmm. um so there aren't there aren't much um i've never liked coriander oh uh, interesting I'm, I'm an absolute coriander hater <laughs> but even with coriander i'm getting a bit more tolerant towards it, probably because of the Mexican food. Ah. I cooked a Mexican feast for my friend, as I said, um, back in April, and um, there were a few things that I had to put in. So I did a guac with, uh, guacamole with it, and then I did one without, and then I tasted it, I thought, actually, well, of course it works, of course it works, because it's, it should be in there. So I, I've been trying to make myself more tolerant of it i wouldn't say i'm a lover yet i wouldn't say i love coriander because you do tend to love it or absolutely hate absolutely yes it. And i am um, i even bought some this weekend oh wow so and then i thought mm, what, literally it's a bit it's a bit too strong but so um, i'm working towards it but probably the food that i used to absolutely hate um were parsnips when We were talking about this roast roast we had at home. My mother loved parsnips, and and they were there every... I couldn't even bear the smell of them cooking, that sweetness. Really? Um, But by the time I got married and um, started cooking my own roast dinners, um, I don't know why, maybe I just cooked them one week and uh, liked them or had them somewhere and actually thought, ooh, now I love them. Uh, You know, they've got to be our roast dinner, roast parsnips. Wow. Funny.
1: Yeah, the reason I was going to ask you about coriander is, people I know that dislike it. They either say it tastes soapy or it tastes like metal.
2: Yes, I don't, I don't, I don't really quite get that. So maybe I don't have that. That apparently is a gene. Yes, that, that you've got that makes you have this taste. Well, I, it's just a taste I don't like. Oh, that's completely fair enough. My yeah. brother
1: also <laughs> detests it.
2: Yeah. So, but I, you can make yourself like things. You've got to taste it. I can't remember if it's twenty times or fifty times. No idea. Yeah. So I'm just going to go for it and really try because um, you, you know people who come for dinner like it. So it'd be nice to give them what they like.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you've been converted to parsnips, though. I think they're one. Of, this is probably controversial, but I think they're one of the best parts of a roast. I love oh, yeah. parsnips. I absolutely yeah. are.
2: I agree. More. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkle of salt.
1: Oh yeah, I love mm. salt. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: okay, so that actually leads on quite well. What is your current favourite vegetable?
2: Well, um, because of the season, I think I'm going to have to say tomatoes. Yeah, and I just love—I love the smell of them when you open the um, the bag, um, and you just get that tomato on the vine smell. Yeah. Again, it takes you right. Back. It takes me right back to childhood because we—that my mother would grow tomatoes in the garden, or probably my father did actually—and we'd pick a tomato to have in our sandwich at lunch. We would walk home from school, probably you know, I don't know ten years old, not even ten years old, and we'd walk home, and um, we'd have a tomato cheese and tomato sandwich, or egg and tomato, or whatever it might be. And I just—I lo- still love tomatoes. I love that smell. You can just smell these tomatoes and. So, yeah, there's very few meals that I have without a chopped tomato with it. So, uh, yeah, I'll I'll put it on anything.
1: That is such a great answer. I also agree that tomatoes are fab. And you said about them bringing you back to your childhood. Mm. It brought, as you were saying that, it completely clicked in my brain. Mm. My grandparents used to have a greenhouse next to the kitchen back door. And they would also... Um, yeah. In their old house, they don't live there anymore, sadly. But um, they would grow um, cherry tomatoes on a vine, and they'd be they take up because obviously I was small, so in my head it was like this massive plant of tomatoes, and the greenhouse would just smell of tomatoes. And I, it, you can almost like smell it now just thinking yeah. about it. Yeah, it's a
2: wonderful yeah,
1: smell. Yeah, it's so lovely. Well, uh, thank
2: British you for that. course just. I expect if we, if we went to Spain, I expect theirs, theirs have the same smell. But ours are just just amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's wonderful tomatoes that come from the Isle of Wight, from um, the tomato store, I think they're called. Um, and they're amazing. And they deliver. So, yeah, they are incredible.
1: Okay, so in your opinion, what is an overrated food?
2: This is, oh, that's quite a tricky one. Um, I think I'm gonna have to go lobster. Oh, really? That would be a very unpopular um, opinion. But, um, and I do order lobster and I, I sort of think, oh, I'm gonna have lobster. And on my 60th birthday, last October, we went to the, we had a weekend on the Isle of Wight, an amazing time. Oh, nice. And they took me to the Hut, this gorgeous restaurant. Again, it's right on the coast. Uh, it's absolutely fabulous. A lot of people arrive by boat. It's Ooh. a real Shishi place Absolutely Funky Gorgeous Amazing staff And lovely food Quite simple food Steaks Lobsters um, Grilled fish um, That's thing. I think some burgers Possibly And um, Lobsters on the menu 52 quid I'm thinking Oh You know It's quite a lot For lobster and chips <laughs> So uh, But It's your birthday You can have whatever you want Absolutely So I order the lobster and um it came it looks looks amazing it had this lovely béarnaise sauce and chip little pot of chips on the side you can imagine it can't you and um i wouldn't say i didn't enjoy it but it's so underwhelming really nothing wrong with it they cooked it nicely it wasn't overcooked it wasn't rubbery or anything um but yeah you've got to wrestle with it haven't you, a bit to get the, the meat mm-hmm. out Again, i don't really mind um but I think I just, enjoy, I probably enjoyed the chips and the béarnaise sauce, or whatever sauce it was, I think it was um, as much. I think it's underwhelming. I don't think it delivers on ah. uh, on the expectations. I think it's, like, yeah, I would rather have a crab sandwich than a packet, mm-hmm. I think, than a crab lobster. <laughs> so, uh, but I'd recommend the restaurant. Nothing wrong with the, the amazing restaurant. I shall go again. But, um, yeah, I, I shall order a grilled lemon sole or something next time for a it sounds snack. fantastic it is a restaurant it? um, yeah it's called the hut Yeah, really really nice that sounds like something yeah. my
1: father would love
2: yeah I'll take him <laughs> yeah. if you're in a hotel or airbnb locally they come and collect you oh in wow. the yeah absolutely brilliant so you all pile in you know, take dogs and yeah it's really nice so but yeah i think lobster's underwhelming and overrated and overpriced but we shall see what the poll says the glass of champagne i mean it's still you know a very lovely thing to have but uh,
1: (laughs) it's more like i think it's like the occasion of it rather than the actual dish
2: absolutely yeah so i thought that um i think that i think that answers the question yeah definitely Mm. Okay, so what do you think is an underrated food? Ooh, um, another tricky one, isn't it? Um, (laughs) I'm one of these people that if I love something, I think everybody should love it. And there's sort of no (laughs) no discussion. Um, You should love it. And um, it's got to be... Bread and butter pudding. Ah. Um, not any old bread and butter. I think bread and butter pudding can get a, 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 has a bad press because it can be overcooked and, it, it all, you know, all toasted on the top uh, within an inch of its life and all the sultanas or, or whatever it is you've used are all burnt on top and you get it with, you know, custard. And, again, I would probably not order it in a restaurant because mm-hmm. I'm too scared that it would drastically not meet my not meet my expectation but there's some lovely recipes there and i just love a really eggy slightly lemony um really soft version of it creamy creamy lemony buttery vanilla-y um bread and butter pudding and i think it is an underrated it's a sort of a could be a sort of cheap midweek dinner you don't see it on a lot of restaurant or, or pub menus it's always sticky toffee pudding but you don't often get a bread and butter pudding, and I think it's underrated, because it can be absolutely to die for. And leftovers, when it's in the fridge, well, it's breakfast, it's <laughs> <That's for our laughs> And that's happened many times. So I've made hundreds in the past, because we would always, as a caterer, it would always go on the menu, and sometimes people would choose it, uh, in my, you know, in the, I would hope that they do, and occasionally they did. So uh, we've made hundreds over the years, my friend and I. So, uh, yeah, I think bread and butter pudding is underrated. That's a really good answer.
1: I mean, I think the last recipe I saw for a bread and butter pudding was in a Waitrose magazine and it was Easter themed. They'd made one with hot cross yeah. buns.
2: Oh, yeah, that's nice. So it's a bit spicy and uh, yeah. yeah, using up your hot cross buns. Nice idea. I've never done that. Um, I didn't try it, but
1: um, I can assume it's nice. Mm. But- great answer I
2: totally agree haven't had one in years oh well there you are perhaps I'll I'll do a post I should do an Instagram post absolutely gather some thoughts for people but uh...
1: oh I'm actually really intrigued by this question so who is your current favourite chef
2: (sighs) this is such a hard question and, you know, all around the houses can't you the personalities the most successful uh, the ones you admire um but it has to be a chef or a food writer that uh, lives and breathes food mm-hmm. um, and with every bite for with every word that they write it has um the love of the food in it and that is only over- it's one of two actually, but um, it, it brings me to Nigel's later. Yes, um, and he is just uh, everything about him. I read, I've seen the film, and I've read the book, Toast, and um, I've got a couple of his books. So Those lovely, and they're not just cooking books. They're it's, it's his writing his beautiful words the way he the way he talks about food it's always with some love and so, with a memory and it's always nostalgic and when i listen i, I do i listen to audio books rather than read them uh, I get mm-hmm. too distracted you know, I read about a, 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 um, a paragraph and two years later i might finish the book but with audiobooks yeah you can do your ironing go for a walk with a dog yeah really got into the over lockdown i got into audiobooks a lot and you can churn at least a book a week out so about six months ago a few months ago i read i reread toast i think i read it as a book years ago oh it was such a trip down memory lane it was like talking about my my childhood so i think we must be about the same age and he talked about fray bentos pies he talked about the steam puddings that used to get in a tin I don't even know if you can still buy them, probably not. And his mother wasn't a cook at all. She, she couldn't cook. It was his stepmother that um, came and, and cooked. But his mother, she he said, we'd have a steam pudding uh, between four of us. Um, what, what did he say? Something like, but if there was five of us, we'd open two. And um, then she'd say, but I won't have any or something. And then you say, but she always would. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that Just because my mother used to share food around, we'd have a Shafray bentos pie, absolutely hideous things. And um, you've probably never heard of them. I have. um tin with this weird pastry in it.
1: Yes. Um, oh. So I think my father is similar age to you. Um, he's just turned 60 a few months ago Um, so he would completely say all the same things and um, I don't know if I've spoken about this on the podcast but I volunteer at a um, food organization and in lockdown um, basically they just get all of the food that's about to go out of date and then in lockdown we were making up boxes for people, but now it's a whole other thing that I won't even go into. But some weeks we would have Fray Bentos pies.
2: Yeah. They're still going strong. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. So when I, I, I so I listened to his book, and it was literally like reliving all it was all the food that we had as, as 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 kids, the angel delights, and then there was the lovely food as well that was home cooked, and he would always be trying to always cooking at home to try and you know please his father. And so it was sad, and it was happy, and it was um, and the way he, the way he just writes about food. Um, I did find a couple of quotes actually. Well, I think the opening line to the book is, it's impossible not to love someone who makes you toast for you. Aww. It really is. And then you'll love this one because you've practically said it yourself, <laughs> um, which is quite coincidental, but um, I was having a read up on his, uh, on his quotes. And there's one here, you can't smell a hug and you can't hear a cuddle, but if you could, I reckon it was smell and sound of bread and butter pudding. Oh, so it's things like that. He's he's just um, he's just wonderful. So and then obviously a great cook as well, great chef. So um, yeah, and you said something about um, comfort food. Yes love and, and a cuddle. So you know, we hadn't rehearsed that. So um,
1: no, no, not at all. Yeah, um, I think he's lovely.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we have several of his books and I was given a few. Um, I think he's done um, some seasonal books. I think I have Summer and Winter. I don't know if he's released any of the others. And if he has, I should add them to my list. But they're so lovely because they're the perfect size. And he writes these, as you say, he writes almost essays about the most simplest of recipes. And they're just you just want to make it instantly
2: you do so he's very inspirational definitely Um, and then it just resonates with with my childhood and the way my mother cooked so um and the food we had yeah that's so lovely
1: okay so what was the last cookbook or recipe you enjoyed using
2: We've already mentioned the Mexican food from Tomasina. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm dipping into that. Every week I'll bring that out to remind myself, well, it might just be to remind myself how to make the pink pickled onions. <laughs> um, I've also recently bought de which is, um, I haven't been there. I must, it's on the list. Neither have I. I've made quite a few things from that. Um, the, na- the, the bacon naan breads are, so you make a naan, basically. hmm You have to start one day before you actually get to eat it the next, something Mm. like that. And then you have this uh, tomato and ginger and chilli relish with it. Delicious. But there's a curry in there called Ruby. rubies and it is, it's just wonderful. So that is definitely going to be my go-to curry recipe, which is, it's basically a butter chicken. Mm -hmm. In the book, it's, um, they call it the chicken ruby, I think, and it's with the makhani, makhani sauce. So you have to keep flicking back. It's one of those books where you've got the recipe, and it'll say, mm-hmm. "Take a sauce from this page." Oh uh, yeah, it's a bit annoying with some books. Check through page three hundred and fifty, and you're back there looking for the sauce, and then you're, you're back to the method. And so again, it's one of the it's a process thing. Yeah, you have to give yourself. Do not um, think right. I'm going to make that tonight because you know you, you need three hours. <laughs> it's a bit like Otelengi, he's the same. You know, you, you can't just say, "Oh, well, let's just do." Let's just do one of his recipes because you need you know three or four hours to get your head around each each stage. <laughs> um, yeah, that the Dishoom book is is again lovely, full of stories and um, yeah, back to their, their original all the family recipes and yeah, really lovely book.
1: That's on my list. I've had the Deschoon cookbook on my list for a while. When you're yeah. saying about flipping between, the only one I could think of straight away was the Wagamama cookbook, which usually has a lot of recipes that you can just do quickly.
2: They're really good. I've got that but as well.
1: They have a section for sauces. So I was just thinking in my head, I went firecracker sauce. That's yeah. on a separate page.
2: All of them. So good. Yeah, and a couple of others, I've got the Bouchon Bakery, that's another Ooh. one. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, Thomas Keller. In fact, we did go to Thomas Keller's Mexican restaurant when we were oh, wow. name dropping. Um, we went to Napa in May, um, it was actually my husband's business trip, but I hopped along with him. And he's got a Mexican restaurant in, um in Yantville where the French Laundry is and he's got Bouchon the Bouchon Bistro and the Bouchon Bakery and then this Mexican one and another one actually called Ad Hoc which is the menu changes every day so oh uh, wow another amazing chef but um, yeah the Mexican restaurant he's got a, the guy in there is um, is Mexican and um, his mother is a Mexican um, food writer She's oh wow that she does cookery schools so um i'm investigating that at the moment because you can do them via zoom so i'm definitely very interested in that yes i'll be back to mexican food again but uh well-run cookery books so yeah
1: that's such a good such a good answer and i'm excited to hear if you do that course (laughs) definitely doing it (laughs) definitely doing it okay controversial question which is your favorite ring on the hob
2: (laughs) oh um i've got a six ring hob basically it's four in the middle and then two big ones either side yeah the left hand side um the very left hand side is a large ring it's never used (laughs) never ever the one on the right-hand side, the big one, is sometimes used, maybe for a wok or a big pan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got four central ones. So I would say it's front-left, front-left. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if that's everybody's favourite, but I don't know. And it's a small ring, actually, so often you start on that one, you think, oh, for goodness sake, and then you'll move it over <laughs> to the next one at the front. But um, that's the one I go to.
1: Well, so. you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. You'd be surprised. Everyone has a favourite, and that's why I like asking that question. That's, that's, a,
2: that's a brilliant question. <laughs> Thank you. It's
1: okay, for your final meal.
2: Yeah, am I going to be? Am I going to be boring the pants off everyone by saying I will probably go for a Mexican?
1: you're not going to bore the pants off
2: anyone. Oh, I mean, as long as I, someone I, cooks it for me, someone. I'd who like
1: cooks to
2: scratch because of all the bits. It's not just a steak and chips, you know. I would, I could easily say a fillet steak, skinny fries, and some béarnaise sauce and some wilted spinach. You know, that would be like the most delicious, um you know, perfectly, perfectly cooked, perfectly seasoned. um But it's it's over. Yeah, yeah it's gone. So with the, with Mexican, you can start with all the nibbles and all these things that you might never have had in your life. Um, we had a Mex we had a Mexican we had a um, watermelon salad. Mm-hmm. at this restaurant. Never tasted anything like it in my life. And I, I wouldn't have even necessarily ordered it, but the girl recommended it. And um, I'm not even keen on watermelon particularly, but whatever they put on top. I don't know what it was it was some seeds and it was this amazing white dressing which was some sort of Mexican cheese I think and oh yeah so I'd have all these bits and some nachos and obviously fresh guac, guacamole guacamole and um, the pickle pic, chili pickles and all that sort of thing with a fresh mar- with a you know with a hot margarita Oh, I mean margarita. You- you could have gone
1: on forever because you have no boundaries on how much you can eat. So, really, you'd have all the Mexican food and all of the childhood food, everything. Yeah,
2: you could. So, I would go for a, a, a real fresh, vibrant, cooked for me. Yeah. Of um, all those lovely, extra spicy, extra pickles and all that sort of thing. Lots um, of dishes.
1: Are you having any sides or are they included?
2: It's got to be something deep fried. Um, I love butter, buttermilk chicken. Yes. So it probably be um, some tostados or taco with um, some buttermilk chicken. Nice. Deep or fish, fish tacos are really lovely. Okay. Um, they can be a bit rich if you're not careful. Um, so you don't want to fill yourself up too much because otherwise you have to stop, but you because know, you want to keep going and going and going. So yeah, I think something deep fried as a, as a side.
1: And what drink are you having with your sides?
2: Gosh, I'll probably keep going with margaritas to be honest. Um, Good choice. Maybe we should go back to the beginning and start with a, with a champagne because I am an absolute lover of all things sparkling. So um, but it wouldn't be the best it wouldn't be the best match for for um, for Mexican food I wouldn't, have, well, I wouldn't say necessarily
1: I was going to say you nice. don't have to match but that's up to you
2: Yeah, I might go for a Californian Chardonnay Ooh, nice. a, I'm a top producer nice. um, yeah that would be, that'd be nice, I think that would probably work especially if you're out there I'm, I'm sort of back in the restaurant now I think <laughs> physically and mentally <laughs> just
1: because i'm intrigued what is your favorite champagne
2: oh that that is one really for the mood that ah a, it depends and it definitely depends who you're drinking with Our dog, dog seems to be making a little bit of noise um, <laughs> so hopefully somebody might be coming through the gate i'm not sure um i love old vintage champagne so i will because of the you don't know what's going to happen when you open it it could be something no. weird it could be a bit flat. Uh, it could be a bit honeyed. Um, but if there's a conversation to be had, it can still be really, really interesting. Um, but I love a, a small growers of a, a ch- a champagne that we might not have heard of, but it's always, always, always much cheaper. We pick up mm-hmm. you know, under 30 quid a bottle. You know, thereabouts 30. Um, they're really lovely. Enrio is a, is a, a go-to sort of um, pouring... Which is H E N R I O T, and they do a range of Blanc de Blanc, and um, yeah, so they're really lovely. Um, and I'll, But also, we have to mention English Sparkling. Yes. Because it's that's probably what I would more likely have in the, a bottle of in the fridge now than a champagne. I've got some really nice champagne in my wine cupboard, but for one ready to go, um, at the moment I've got a Hambledon in the fridge so um, which is very local to us the old I think it's the oldest vineyard in, in the UK I don't necessarily quote me but it's very very old but um, English sparkling there's so many there's almost too many to mention Yeah, English sparkling really beautiful <laughs>
1: well sorry for putting you on the spot that was a great answer (laughs)
2: right and I do love a blanc blanc de blanc because that's um 100% chardonnay whereas Mm. most sparklings and other champagnes are a mix of three different grapes which are two black grapes and the chardonnay but when they just take the chardonnay on its own well it just gives you this extra purity of fruit and a bit more more elegance and um Clever winemaking, because yeah. they haven't got the, the backup of these other two grapes to help underpin the um the quality and the you know the, the balance. So it's it's all very clever stuff, and it's always very beautiful. So that's what I love.
1: Definitely. Okay, so what are you having for your pudding or puddings of choice?
2: Well, it's going to be something creamy and buttery. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, as we're staying with mexican i'd probably go for one of those beautiful treylish cake oh um, nice desserts, which are it's basically a cake that is soaked in sweet milk <laughs> and then topped with a sweet frothy creamy topping just delicious just delicious and a perfect ending to that meal but i would be equally happy with anything else um a custard, a custard tart would be you know a flan type um mm-hmm. a custard tart Oh, I absolutely love custard tarts. And um, so anything, yeah, buttery, creamy, custardy, vanilla, yeah.
1: Fantastic. And what <laughs> What drink are you having with your pudding? I
2: probably, I would ne- I potentially go for a sweet, a sweet wine. Um, not necessarily, but um, I, know I sort of go on about wine, but I can't drink an awful lot these days. But if there was one there, I'd probably go for something... Um, sort of sickly sweet with lots of acidity um like a, a so term probably but yes. um i wouldn't necessarily i wouldn't necessarily go for one um i might more likely have a peppermint tea
1: <laughs> But
2: um, um,
1: i would do the same <laughs>
2: And with cheese, if we were going to have a cheese board. That was um, my
1: next question. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, no, don't apologise. I like that we're on the same (laughs) wavelength. We
2: are, we are. If I was going to go for cheese, then I might go for something sweet there because I would actually probably prefer a sweet wine, not necessarily port. I'm not a massive port lover. Um, But a sweet, you know, a white sweet wine like a a Chocai or. a Sautern or something like that. I'd more likely have that with the cheese.
1: And which cheese would be on your dream cheese board?
2: Ooh, I love a soft, a soft blue cheese mm-hmm. or a triple cream, um, Delista de Bourgogne. Deliste de Bourgogne is one of our favourites, but it's so bad. I mean it's so <laughs> so bad. Um that's delicious, but very filling. So I wouldn't necessarily put that on my evening on after a meal. Um mm. uh, hard cheese, a lovely hard cheddar or a compte, something like that. Um I quite like, I love manchego with a bit of um quince jelly with it, that's really nice. But then you might like a, a sip of Rioca with that to wash that down, that's a lovely combo um i wouldn't have a, a, a big choice uh two or three cheeses absolute tops ah. yeah but i love a creamy blue cheese like um gorgonzola,
1: mm-hmm.
2: gorgonzola um, what's the other one yeah and gorgonzola's fine yeah dulciolata one of those creamy blue delicious mm. <laughs>
1: and what drink are you having to finish the whole meal
2: the whole thing ooh um, well you'd say coffee wouldn't you but um, it would have to be decaf because I'm, I'm, I'm imagining that this is, this is later we're going right into the early hours now <laughs> yeah, yeah. unless <laughs> it, it's the afternoon and then I'll probably have tea but I um, probably would go for some sort of herbal tea have, yeah, have. but um, after eating all that I'd probably just like something hot and just to just help me digest yeah yeah well, rather than alcoholic I wouldn't go back up back into wine or anything like that or a cocktail but um, that's just my age probably
1: <laughs> well thank you for telling me your final meal it was amazing okay so which biscuits have you been eating this week
2: oh my goodness um well I'm one of these people we do have a few naughty things in the house and it's probably got to stop, especially if my PT's listening. She says, Angie, all about the food. And uh, <laughs> But, of course, I can't help it. So I, no. I, don't, I don't buy biscuits. Um, well, well done. Don't keep biscuits in. But we have had, recently, a couple of packets of those. Um, are they French or are they Swiss? I'm not sure. They're called um, Bolson sort of Le- Le- Leibniz. Oh, Le? Leibniz. Yeah, Leibniz, that's it. Um, and it's basically a rich tea. Yeah. In there somewhere, a tiny bit of rich tea, but a lot of chocolate on top, but really nice quality chocolate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like those. <laughs> but I think you get about nine biscuits in the packet, so, you, you know, you basically just sit and eat the whole packet between yeah. two of you. And one gets slightly more than the other. And, um, but that wouldn't be my go-to. and It's not something I buy all the time, that's a... Mm-hmm ever one-off perhaps they were on offer I don't know I think um, his lordship came home with a couple of packets <laughs> so um, I, I, I love an all-butter shortbread yeah probably but it'd have to be it'd probably have to be homemade rather than out of the packet nice it's a really high quality from a, you know, a proper artisan sort of bakery shortbread so yeah all-butter yeah Edinburgh shortbread yeah. I think a cup of tea in the afternoon like that, that's or in the morning or any time of day. Um, and what do you rate each of those out of ten? Ooh. Um I think the these the foreign ones. <laughs> are they are they Swiss? I need to look at the packet. I'm now, not see. sure, but they're fantastic, whatever they, they are. are delicious. They're, a, they're a ten out of ten, aren't they? Yeah. Um, because otherwise you just have one and, and put the packet back in the biscuit tin. I don't know but how people do that. They're a strong 10. And um, if it's well made, I think the shortbread as well is really hard to beat. I'm going to go 10 on that <laughs> as well.
1: Okay, so do you have any local food businesses you would like to give a
2: shout out to? Um, local places to, to shout. Yes. Oh, I had a little think about this. I've already mentioned this lovely little cafe we've got on the water, which is in Leon Solent. Um, It's on the beach in Leon Solent, which is um, on the south coast, between Portsmouth and Southampton. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well worth a visit. They have uh, annoyingly just started to charge parking on the road. So that's really, really annoying us, especially for local businesses. But it's just lovely to sit there and have a beer in the afternoon or a glass of um, wine. Uh, or breakfast or or supper in the weekend Um, we've got an amazing butcher um, that I can't praise highly enough and they're in Botley which is about 7 or 8 miles from us actually so nearer Southampton um, towards the country actually sort of outside Southampton and they're called the Considerate Carnivores Um, and they're lovely guys and girls and they set this business up and not only is the quality of the meat and chicken superb, uh, it's all ethical. Um, yeah. They really care about where the animals have come from, what sort of life they've had, um, how they're killed, um, and you know that they've had long lives and happy lives and free, all free range, organic, and there's no uh, chemicals and no antibiotics and yeah wonderful wonderful stuff um and they're in this gorgeous little shop down at the mill in botley so the considerate carnivore i'd love to give a shout out for them um so yeah
1: they sound fantastic thank you for those they
2: They really are
1: and i will link them or in the show notes um you'll you'll
2: you'll find them they're they're very active on um, instagram oh good yeah. So you'll find them on the water. You'll also find, don't think they're so active, but you will find them.
1: Okay. So where can people find you?
2: I am, um, I couldn't get the recipe house because, um, it was taken. Oh. So I am the dot recipe house um, on Instagram. Um, I do have a website, but that's more about private dining that we do. I uh, say we, my friend, uh, she's yeah. abroad, so it's only me now. So I don't tend to do too much. Um, true choice. <laughs> I do get inquiries, yeah. but um, I'm often um, too busy to uh, take them up, sadly. But I, I do a few. And uh, so, yeah, I'm the recipe house, which was the name of our um, private dining. Uh, we did a little private dining meeting. Uh, for the last sort of ten years, really, since I left the wine trade, uh, we set up this little um, business, and uh, we're really, really busy. So, um, but mostly it's now just in running the Instagram. So that's pretty much all I do, work-wise.
1: And a lovely Instagram it is, as I said earlier. <laughs> Well, it's a lovely Instagram and everyone should follow and she is fabulous. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been so lovely to chat with you.
2: Oh, it's been my absolute pleasure and I've enjoyed every minute of it. We could talk about food all day, couldn't we? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, lots of love.
1: Well, thank you so much. Bye.
2: Zoom. Bye-bye.
0: How lovely was that episode with Ange? I absolutely loved talking to her about all her food favourites and food memories and current food, everything really. She's just so gorgeous, she's a lovely human and if you don't already follow her you are missing out. She is the recipe house Um, on Instagram and I will link it in the description and it'll be all over socials if you look at the podcast socials and thanks again to Ange for coming on the podcast I absolutely love chatting to her hello foodie friends thank you so much for listening to this week's episode I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed recording it I had a fabulous time as you could hear from our chat And I hope you are having a good day whilst you're listening to this. If you would like to hear and see more from the podcast, why not follow Butcher Baker Podcast Maker on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and um, on the website, because, I mean, you can't follow a website, but you can have a look at the blog if you'd like. Yes, I haven't said that. There's a blog this series, if you'd like to check that out, with articles about the cookbooks of the week and the guests and it's just a nice place there if you enjoy food as much as i do so feel free to check those out thanks in advance so the cookbook of the week this week is dominique's kitchen by dominique wolf um if you haven't seen on the socials this week i have been posting about the recipes i've been trying um they are so delicious Um, and they've had nothing but good feedback from the family I am currently back home at the moment Um, I don't know why I told you that but that's why I'm telling you I think is because there's been more than just me um, in opinions of trying the food so we all enjoyed it we had a lot of the recipes last night for supper and they were really good if you don't already have or have not already looked at the cookbook of the week i totally recommend it it's dominique's kitchen and you can get it on amazon and waterstones and WH smith i believe so yes definitely check dominique out she is so fabulous if you have enjoyed this episode and you would like to uh rate the podcast that would be lovely if you could do that that would be great but I totally understand if you don't have the time but if you do I would greatly appreciate it because um, it helps other people find the podcast so I believe you can now rate on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts now so that's really cool so if you would like to do that that would be fabulous so thank you so much in advance if you do that another new thing this series um as well as the blog and podcast website, if anyone wants to see that. I will stop talking about it after a while, but I'm really impressed with it at the moment. So um, so the album of the week or artist of the week, if you would like, I don't know what I'm calling this yet, is Alfie Templeman, and I'm recommending his new album, Mellow Moon. I think... Alfie Templeman is fab. I've been a fan of him for a few years now. I've also bought tickets to his tour. um, So, yes. If you like indie music or just good vibes, I think you'll like his new album. So, there you go. That's my music recommendation of this episode. Well, I think that is enough chat from me. So, if you haven't already, um, please check out Ange on her socials at the recipe house i have linked it in the description and i'm sure she'll be tagged everywhere on the podcast socials if you can't find it um thanks again to Ange for coming on the podcast and thanks again to lovely listeners for listening to the podcast this week so thanks again and i will speak to you soon bye baker podcast maker the food podcast series where we get to know a little bit more about the foods people enjoy from recipe favorites to biscuit chat